You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV Podcast, the Coronavirus Sessions. I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is the one and only Michael Dees. Mike, what is up, man? Not much, man. Dude, I have to admit, I'm a little excited for this. We've done a lot of podcasts, um, and a lot of times it's like, you're so well-known in the community. You know a lot of our guests, like, personally, and a lot of times I'm meeting them for the first time. But our guest today, I mean, I, I've seen her speak. I've read a lot of content. I've even seen her on TV a couple times. Uh, we have several mutual connections, but this is the first time I've actually met her. Uh, I wish it was under fa- these Hold on. Oh, you haven't? You guys haven't met? No, not, not actually. So the first time I ever uh, – go ahead and introduce her. Okay. <laughs> Guys, today on the show, we have Kristen May, the Chief Vision Officer Kristen. for Student Made. Kristen, what is up? How are you? Hi, I'm good. Kristen I'm so- Made. My yeah. last name is <laughs> – oh, is, is that what I said? Kristen oh, my – Kristen Hadid. Guys, hold on. Ready? <laughs> today on the show, we have my good friend, Kristen Hadid of Student Made. The chief, she's the chief vision officer for Student Made. Chris, Love it. Welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> there you go. It's, it, it's I funny. Mean. You know, it makes me think. I saw like a meme the other day where it was like, it's like the, it's like, it was something where it was like mixing of the days and the hours. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like the eleventeenth of. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. April, October. Of, yeah, yeah. It was like the murder. That's basically what just happened there. Totally. So yeah. Well, I'm anyway, in- as I say, so the first time I saw uh, Kristen speak was at the, the Rethink event in, uh, I think it was June of 2013. Um, so it goes yeah. back that far, uh, but we've never, we've never actually met. This is the first time. So hi. Hi. Uh, That's <laughs> I'm crazy. I'm super excited. I, like I said, I wish it wasn't these circumstances, but I'm super I excited know. to actually, you know, go through this and have, have you on. I just jumped in here and like started going like you guys had, you know, it's easy to, it's easy to assume that we have but it's just it's never happened i'm glad we're here <laughs> and we get to see each other's houses <laughs> right <laughs> is, that, is that all your books in the background so this is where i would sit and work on student made when i was in college like i would sit here and do payroll and scheduling to like two in the morning that little desk that was my spot Awesome. And I was just saying that I like moved from the patio into the bedroom, trying to find somewhere that's quieter because people in the back have their grandkids and they're yelling in the back. My kids are yelling on the other side of the house. This remote podcasting thing has definitely <laughs> been interesting. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, well, I'm like super excited to get in this with Kristen Maid here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start signing my name like that. Uh, Kristen Maid. You know, might uh, as well be my name. So, but like, real quick, before we get into it, I got a couple of people that I want to thank. Um, we, you know, we, I threw out there my Venmo and said, hey, like, if you want to donate to our show, like, that would be, like, we'd be very grateful um, and have had a few people do that. Um, so I want to say thank you to Rafael Diaz who did that, to Mike Bertolfo. I think Mike Bertolfo wanted me to actually just see if I could pronounce his name again. <laughs> Like, uh, <laughs> so Mike, thanks for your support, man. My mom and dad sent some money over to so mom, dad, oh, mom and dad's are, they're always supported. Oh, they're so sweet. So, so many thanks there. And I want to thank our sponsor, Matt Houchins of Houchins Consulting. You guys, Matt is a Gainesville native. He's here to help your business through this time of uncertainty. 
take advantage of a free Google My Business audit and, uh, and update um, by mentioning this show. You can contact Matt over at gndseo.com. That's GND for Gainesville. That's SEO for search engine optimization.com. gndseo.com. Matt, thank you so much for supporting our show and, and for all you do for the community and, and helping all these businesses, especially in this time of need, man. I really, really appreciate that. And uh, let's let's get into this. Kristen Maid. I'm gonna start calling you. Oh. Maid. <laughs> that's, that's has a nice ring to it. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like it. So, so Kristen, um, it, it's always great to see you. And uh, you know, I'm honored every time I get the opportunity to speak to you and and to find out like how you guys are navigating. You know, we have a lot of similarities, especially when it comes to the type of team members that we work with. You know, we have a lot of students and have had a lot of students work with us in the past. Um, you know, just, you know, now that we're a few weeks into this thing, tell me, you know, how has this impacted y'all's business? What were the first discussions like? What was like, were you kind of like in a, oh no, this is gonna be bad, or were you like, all right, we're gonna crush this? Like, where was your mindset at? And just kind of give us just a general summary, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I keep describing it as, this whole thing has felt like a year. Like it, there's been so much that has happened in the last couple of weeks and the days go by quickly because you're making so many decisions and you're, you know, problem solving, but then it just feels like this, this reality has just been this long, like how has it only been a few weeks? It feels longer. Um, I came here on March 8th for a retreat that we hosted. I live now primarily in Houston. So I'm still here, you know, to visit with the team and, um, but a lot of my work in student made now is not operational. It's more big picture and the vision and really coaching the team that leads the company. And so I was here for a retreat that we were hosting. Um, we were bringing in leaders to spend two days together. And then shortly after that is when this really, you know, became a thing. And so I'm still in Gainesville. So the first part that's part is I, I have not been home to, you know, while this is the home where I lived in when I was in Gainesville, my home in Houston and my fiance and like, I haven't seen him since March 8th. So I've been here and that's been hard, but I really felt like I need to be here for the team. Even though we're not physically in the same room, there's just something about being here that makes me feel like we're connected and together during this time. Um, I think the hardest thing for us was the decision to stay open or to close. And, um, I'm going to explain two different perspectives on this. So we're a cleaning company, right? We clean houses and offices. And one could argue that this is a real opportunity for a cleaning company to capitalize on this moment. We know that there are, are companies that are doing um, disinfectant cleanings and they're charging an arm and a leg to come into a place where maybe the, the maybe, maybe someone had the, the virus, you know, to clean places. We know that, um, in the commercial space, there might be a bigger demand for, especially for that kind of work. And so I would be lying if I, if I didn't say that, you know, there was a part of me that was like, hmm, should we capitalize on this opportunity? Um, there's a part of it that, you know, you, you want to take care of your people. And a big part of taking care of your people is bringing in revenue and making sure that you have enough money to pay them and to keep the business alive. So there's that financial side. But there's also the people side and keeping your people safe and keeping your customers safe and making sure that the things that you're asking your people to do, that you can look in the mirror and with complete confidence say, 
that was, you know, I would, I would have wanted the same to be done for me and the same to be asked of me. And so it's, it's balancing those two things. And one thing that I've learned in my journey is the best thing you can do is invite your people in to help you make decisions. And that at the end of the day, as a leader, it's your responsibility to make the decision and to follow your gut and, but you can involve your team in that process. So we had a company-wide meeting and we had all of our team members on, you know, we were all on Zoom, all of our students, all of our leadership team members. And we posed the question, do we stay open and continue to serve our clients and even potentially capitalize on this moment? Do we close? And there was a, a team member who, who brought uh, one of our clients forward as an example. And it, it described perfectly the moral dilemma that we faced. This particular client was in his 80s. And on the one hand, he, he really um, depends on us. He has dementia and he doesn't remember to take out his trash. And so if we're not there, who's taking out his trash? Who's doing the critical things to make sure that he's okay? But at the same time, he's over 80. So there's a huge risk in having our students interact with him right now. So that was just the perfect example of like, what do we do? No matter which one you choose, it's, you know, if we decide to not come, who's going to take out his trash and take care of, of him in that sense? And if we do come, we're exposing him to risk. So it was just clearly a huge challenge that we had to figure out. Now, what the team ended up deciding in that meeting is, you know what, we should stay open. We want to work. We want to serve our critical clients like the one I just gave you as an example. We're just going to serve our critical clients and that's it. Um, but we're going to stay open. And that was our decision. And I went to bed that night and I woke up. Uh, it was like four in the morning. Couldn't, couldn't go back to sleep. And I just knew in my gut that it wasn't the, it, this decision wasn't sitting well with me. And so I called the team back together. We had another meeting. This is less than 12 hours from our previous meeting. And I'm like, okay, something just isn't sitting right. And I, I think as a leader, it's your job to get to the root of the fear. You know, what is driving people to make a certain decision? Um, and, and so I had to do that in this case. And I think that the root of the fear is money, which it often is the root of all behavior. Like, why do people want to work? Probably because they want to make sure that they have a paycheck and that their needs are met. So we had this, this meeting and I said, you know, here's the thing. With the way that we clean right now and the way that our processes are and our systems are, I can't say with complete confidence that you all are safe and that our clients are safe. And so my question is, if we removed the money component, if you knew that you would have a paycheck and that everything would be okay, your needs would be met, would you still want to clean right now? And the answer is no. You know, so just removing the financial piece, it was like this whole other decision was revealed that pe what people really wanted. So we made the commitment to, we decided to close. We made the commitment to pay our team members the entire time of our temporary closure, knowing what that meant, knowing that that would be financially devastating, um, that we wouldn't have revenue coming in. And let me just kind of walk you through what that, that looks like. So first, the response from our clients. I was really afraid that our clients were going to react negatively. Like, how could you be canceling cleaning? You're a cleaning company. We need you right now. The response was, thank you for making the humane decision. Here, let us buy some gift cards to help sustain you in the short term. The, the client that I talked about with the trash and the dementia, his daughter called and said, thank you so much for taking the action that will protect my dad. You know, So it was just... The clients, the, our amazing clients validated our decision and, and certainly weren't upset by it. With our students, we said, okay, here's, here's what we have. We have this amount of money. 
and we need to make sure that everyone's needs are met. And so if we divide this amount of money between this many people, this is how much everyone will get. And our ask is, if you don't need it, tell us and we'll put it back in the pot. Tell us what you need and what you can go without and whatever you can go without, we'll put it back in the pot. And if you're somebody who needs more than what we're giving, then tell us you need more. And our hope is that there will be some in the pot that we can give you. And we've done this now. Let's see, we're going into our, uh, we've done two pay periods like this. We, so two, two week pay periods. And it's worked out every single time. Everyone has had what they need to be taken care of. They've taken care of one another. It is incredible. But now we're entering into a different phase, which is, okay, the solution can't be to be closed forever. We've got to reopen. But we have to do it in a way where we can say with certainty that we're keeping people safe. And so now we're exploring um, how do we do that? And a conversation we're having is, can we do commercial work? Can we clean spaces that have been vacated? Can we, instead of having two-person teams, have one-person teams? Um, can we start cleaning empty apartments because we know students have moved out? We are taking certifications so that we can be certified in how to best um, clean you know, and sanitize. And we're not willing to reopen until we can say with confidence that we're going to have safer procedures that protect both our clients and our, and our, and our people. That was a long answer. Uh, it's good it's funny like this is this is what I love about Kristen is like she starts you know you're talking about all this stuff and as you're talking I'm like writing down questions and then you answer the question before I get to ask it because <laughs> like I had like I was like how you know the first thing that I wrote was communication to clients you know and they're yeah. like yeah they're like so well I mean on that how were you I mean was the communication through newsletters was it through direct email was it phone calls from individuals like how did you yeah. navigate that right, right off the bat? Well, we sent an email to all of our clients initially with our decision. And then as the weeks have progressed, we are kind of grouping our clients into two categories, our residential clients and our commercial clients. And we're sending them separate communications because you know, our plan is to definitely reopen commercial before we open residential. And, and so, yeah, I think the key, I think, What's hard about this is we want as business owners to have the answers and to be able to say, this is exactly what it's going to look like. And this is exactly the date we're going to reopen. And when we don't have those answers, it, it causes us to not want to communicate because we don't want to look stupid or, or whatever the reason is. Um, but I think that the best thing to do in a time like this is to communicate what you know and also what you don't know. Because I think people need that regular communication and it's okay that you don't know and that you don't have the answer. So our communication has been very honest. It's, we are actively working to reopen commercial. We don't know yet the date. Here are some things that we do know. We're taking this certification, you know. And I think that it's just a weird, normally when we think about communicating with our customers, we don't think about talking about the things we don't yet know. And I just think right now, and I think the same is true for our people. I think um, when, when you're navigating this as a leader that, that has a team that you've got to take along with you, it's natural for us to want to be able to stand in front of this team or virtually and say, okay, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. But right now, we don't know the, the whole plan. There's a lot that we aren't sure of. And as leaders, we have to say, here's what we know and here's what we don't. And here's the good and the bad and the ugly. And you can be optimistic as a leader while also being grounded in reality 
and, and, you know, I think you earn a lot of trust when you can also share the things that you don't yet know and that you're trying to figure out. What do you, what do you see happening in terms of like in this, uh, return to work aspect, do you think it's going to be where every single employee has to go into, uh, you know, a cleaning job with, with their own PPE on, or, you know, I mean, are they going to be afraid to go back to work for fear that they're going to, you know, contract something? How do you see that playing out? Yeah. You know, so we are looking at PPE. We have also said it's your choice. Nobody has to work and we are going to take care of you no matter if you work or you don't. So we're going to still continue with our, because even the people that are working, they're going to have more reduced hours than they're used to. So we're still going to do our, everyone will have an amount on their paycheck. If you don't need it, put it back in the pot. If you need more, we'll do our best to accommodate. And then on top of that, if you want to slowly start working again, here's how we're doing it. And it's up to you if you want. And about half of our team is like ready to go. They, and a lot of these people are working on the processes and the procedures and the trainings and all of that. And then there's a, a half of our team who's gone home to be with their parents because they're students and they're, you know, not here. So I think it's giving people the choice. Um, and I think, you know, I think in the cleaning space, there's just going to be a different expectation when you hire a cleaning service that probably that cleaning company knows how to sanitize and keep customers safe. Cause you also have the risk of going from job to job, you know, for the customer, like where were you before you came here? So there's just a lot to consider. Um, and we're considering all of it. Is there any type of liability if, if an employee, like, like financial liability, if an employee contracts, uh, you know, the virus while they're on, on site doing a job, is that something that's going to become one of those Morgan and Morgan commercials 10 years down the road? I don't know, but in our conversations with our workers comp company, they, one of the first things they said is we're not sure if workers comp will cover this. And so what we're asking of all of our, all of our janitorial companies is to show us the procedures that you're putting in place. And they've actually been a really valuable asset for us during this because we've worked with them to create our procedures. And, I, and in, by no means, I mean, we've been spending, it's been almost a month now working on these things and we still have more to go. So these are, these are unlike any kind of procedures we've ever had. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. And I think that's a risk for all employers, right? It's, it's like, are you taking, are you being proactive and taking the steps to keep your people safe? But there's an element of this that's out of our control and will always be. All right. It's crazy. Kristen, do you feel like, you know, there's a level of paranoia with some team members, um, you know, a, a, a set, like one of the things that I've kind of battled with is like, we, we need people to go in and service scooters. <laughs> um, you know, sales, sales are virtually non-existent. However, we are, we are managing leads and trying, we're trying to get to a place where we can do sit the sales aspect as virtually as possible. You know, I've had a couple parents say, you know, they're not UF preview is going to be online where they're going to be where they would normally be coming into our showroom right now. And, you know, looking for products that they might not necessarily need in April, but that they will need in August, you know, like we would get that deposit, we would basically hold that unit until August and do a lot of prep work between April and August to to see that deal, you know, go all the way through. Um, but now now we don't really have that we're trying to get to a place where we can do that virtually but in the meantime the only source of revenue 
at least from a, you know, excluding pending government funding, pending, you know, loans, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The only revenue is service revenue, which requires our service team to go in and work on, like they have to fix scooters, you know, they can't, can't do this remotely. Um, you know, so like I'm in a place like I want to, I want to take care of them. I want to keep everybody safe. You know, I'm like keeping like, we got 12,000 square feet. They can spread out with five of them. They can each take a thousand square feet, (laughs) you know, whatever we got to do, definitely keep everybody, you know, separated. Um, but I'm also kind of seeing this, like, you know, uh, like I don't like, I, 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 it's almost like a fear to leave your home at this point. And so as a leader, I'm having a tough time navigating it. Um, you know, and I'm also like, are people calling in sick because of, uh, you know, a little scratchy throat or are they genuinely like sick? Uh, you know, there's all these things going through my mind as leader. And I, you know, I'm very, I'm very much a heart, you know, felt leader. I'm, I'm the guy who's like, I basically bankrupt my company before I lay off somebody. And, and I don't think that's the right decision either, but I'm like trying to, trying to like balance all of these things. I mean, what would you say to a business like mine where we, we depend on our workers going to work for the income and, and I don't, I don't have the, I don't know. And I'm sure your pot's not big, but like, I don't have the pot (laughs) to say, to say, Hey, like, let's divide this up, you know, accordingly based on your needs or, you know, like I don't, I, I'm having a hard time there. Um, like I, I love everything that you just said. Uh, I'm just trying to get a grasp as to how my organization could do something similar, given the fact yeah. that we need scooters to be fixed. I've got lots of thoughts. I want to write my three thoughts down. So I don't forget them. Yeah, please. Cause I want to talk about all of them. See, that's um, what I do. Like I, I come back, where, where you answer all the questions in advance, I'll come back with 50 questions in <laughs> a, a, a three-minute spiel and <laughs> instead of letting you answer them individually. It's just like, oh, here's all. No, here, I love it. No, I love it. everything on my mind, Kristen. Here's all no, of I it. No, love, I love it. It's all, and it's all related. Okay, so I've got a couple thoughts. So just, I just threw up all over Kristen Hadid, everybody. <laughs> Kristen made. She'll Kristen clean it made, up. everybody. Okay, so um, the first thing is, just in general, I think that the responsibility of leadership has changed. Whereas before, our focus is creating a great place to work, creating a, a, an opportunity for a paycheck. Now the, the line between personal and work is totally gone. It, it is all one. Because now you've got a team where everyone's kind of handling this differently. Some people have their kids at home. Some people um, are struggling with anxiety and depression. And some people are seem like they can come in to work and they're fine. Like everyone's in a different place. And now I think our job as leaders is to consider and take care of the whole of the person and to understand all the elements that are happening for this person. So um, I get the challenge that you have. I mean, in my business, it's the same. We don't make money unless we're cleaning somewhere. And for the last month, we haven't been cleaning anywhere. And so my, my, first step was I need to make sure my people are okay. Mindset, like there, this is, you know, it's very hard to navigate this. And it's especially hard when you can't have everyone in the same room navigating it together. So my first step was to put weekly team meetings in place. We have one every single week, everyone joins zoom and we just talk about how's everybody feeling? 
talk about what we know, what we don't know. Sometimes we do brainstorming. A couple of times I brought in somebody else to speak about something like we had somebody talk about mindset and she did um, some um, like breath work exercises. It was just, it was just a cool thing, you know, but having that in place so that people still feel connected um, and like they understand what's going on, especially for the people who may be overwhelmed by the situation. I think you also have to give people the choice. I think what's really hard about right now is you kind of can't force somebody to do something they aren't comfortable with. And I get that the resources are a challenge. Not every company can say, well, I'll pay you whether you want to come in or not. But I think it's, it's everyone's individual choice to make. You know, this is the job right now. And if you don't feel safe, I don't, I can't blame you for that. And, but I can't afford to pay you right now. And so if you aren't willing to do it, then I need to find somebody who is comfortable. And, but I still think it's a responsibility to put all the safety procedures in place. You know, you have to, what, what was what you were doing before this, probably you need to be doing it a little differently now. But if after you've done that and you've, you still have people who aren't interested, you have to respect that, I think. Um, but then they also have to decide, you know, am I able to help right now or am I not? I think the resources piece, I mean, I went into, I have to get money mode, like grant applications out the yin yang. We applied for the bridge loan from the state of Florida. We applied for the PPP. We applied for the EIDL through the SBA. My first step beyond all of that was increasing our line of credit. You know, I immediately went into, I need to make sure I have this because I don't know what's what yet is coming. And so I think that's an important step too. Um, but the biggest thing I would say is we have to pivot. The world that existed before this is not the world. And what if you were to pose a question to your team? Like, what if we could never service another scooter again? And one of, the, one of the conversations we had as a team is, what if we could never clean, a phys physically clean a place again? What will we do? And what that conversation revealed is at the heart of our company, while yes, we clean, it's leadership. We're a leadership development company. Everything that we do is to help our students become the leaders they're destined to be. All the courses that we teach in-house, you know, so how can we take that and do something with that? That we can do right now. So I think every organization is at a place where you've got to pivot. And you've got to ask yourself these questions, like, what if we could never do what we were doing before again? What would it look like? And you got to invite everybody to the table for that discussion. And so I get there's this tug between you need the short-term cash to, to be the lifeline until you figure that out. And for us, it was securing funds from elsewhere and tapping into some reserves. Um, but it's, I mean, it's a, there's no easy answer. Everyone has to navigate, you know, you know your people and your business better than anybody. And it's just, there's no one size fits all to this. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that has been on my mind that, you know, I've always told myself would never be on my mind is the possibility of laying somebody off. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen, I saw a lot of organizations here in Gainesville, first week, cut, cut, cut. I mean, it was it was almost, you know, and, and like, I don't want to say that they're heartless. I don't want to say, like, I, I don't know anything about their business. It's unfair for me to make that judgment, not knowing enough context, right? But the reality was that a lot of people lost their jobs in that, in that first yeah. week. And so, you know, I'm having conversations with, with mentors and people in my life where I'm like, 
you know, like I'm the guy who would virtually give up the business to save everybody. And, and I, you know, like I'm very heart driven, um, versus numbers driven. And I'm, uh, you know, and I think, and I know that we both really preach that, that people over profit, you know, mentality, but at what point do you draw the line? At what point do you save, save the, the ship? Yeah. Uh, or do you, or do you not, do you let it sink and everybody sinks together and we all gave it our, we gave it our all every single, ever every single crew member on board gave it their all, but the ship sank, you know, or do you throw three people overboard to save the ship and the rest of the crew? So and, I, and I hate, I hate how like ruthless that's <laughs> Throw, no, throwing people overboard, but I'm trying I to know. paint, I'm trying to paint the picture for our audience. Like, you know, where yeah. is that line? Do you even, yeah. do you know, like, cause I struggle well, with it so much. Well, the, the challenge is, okay. On one hand, you want the business to survive so that it can, it can continue taking care of people. And so if you, decide to keep everyone and not lay everyone off, then the question is, so then I'm keeping everyone, but at the end of the day, I'm doing them a disservice because if I keep everyone, then the business may not make it anyways. And then I don't have anything to offer them at the end of the day anyway. So it, it just feels like this constant tug. And I think in times like these, you have to let your values guide your decision-making. And I think you and I value very similar, you know, I believe in people first. And I believe that when there's a situation like the one we're in, you have to be fully transparent with people. Here's the, here are what our numbers look like. Here's how much it costs for each person to be here. Here's the gap that we've got to bring in in order to keep everybody paid and also pay the bills that keep the lights on. And I'm more than willing to go for this, but everyone's got to contribute to help closing this gap because it's the only way. It's kind of like we're in this together approach. So my team, my leadership team and I just had a meeting this week where we talked about how much money do we need to have in the account to feel confident that we can cover for a certain amount of time ahead before we start talking about salary cuts. So like I, I involve everybody in all, like the, the, the question I posed to the group was when and if do we talk about salary cuts? What would be the conditions that make us say now's the time to talk about this. And as a team, we put it all, you know, got it all on out there and how much do we need to have to know that we're okay. I mean, it's just, I think involving people. And then I think if it works amazing, you all did it together. And then if the results aren't there, people understand because you've taken them along with you the whole way. Uh, But it's hard. It's hard. And then, you know, I, if anyone watching has read my blog and stuff, I mean, you know, our journey student made has debt. We had opportunities in the past that we pursued and that some didn't pan out. You know, one of them very sad made sweet our technology company that Josh Greenberg and I founded together and he passed away. And, you know, just a lot of money that went to things that didn't um, pan out and we're carrying that debt. And we had a big goal to pay off the rest of the debt this year. And this is definitely going to put a, a, um, you know, delay in that. And then the question is, do you take on more debt? And if you're the business owner, at the end of the day, that's your debt. And so it's just a question of, are you willing to do that? And I think that the answer is different for everyone. Yeah. I posed a question recently in the Gainesville business owners, uh, private Facebook group. Yeah. And I said, like, would you, 
would you withdraw your life savings to save your business? And like, uh, there wasn't a very clear answer. I'll tell you that right now. It was very, it was very, very, um, I would say 50, 50 throughout. I mean, pretty, pretty close to it anyway. Um, I mean, on one hand, it's like, I have, I have already, like I've done that. Um, but I think it's your values. I think it's, I think everyone has got, you know, it's your priorities and your values. And I'm in this business for our people. I never started it to make a, make a dollar. I, I was never motivated by the numbers growing on a you know, balance sheet. It was always the growth of people. And I, I recognize that money is a critical part of this equation. And I'm not saying that I don't value money, but for me, the people have always been the, the reason I love what I do. So for me, I'm, I, I will do whatever it takes to not lay a person off. And sometimes that means being the person that is sacrificing and I'm the one taking the loss, but I'm okay with that. And that's, that that's me and that's not everybody. Yeah. I do, I do want to talk about that a little bit. Like the, the yeah. idea of fit, uh, because we were talking about, like usually when we talk about fit, like it, it's cultural fit. And if it becomes a bad fit, it's because, either the business or the employee outgrew one another and that happens. Right. But, but this is the first time I've experienced it, that it's entirely circumstantial. Um, you know, if you get to a point where you as, as a, as a leader and a business owner feel like you're doing everything right to provide a safe environment for your team, but maybe, maybe they don't, maybe you've got an employee that, you know, it's their health, right? Maybe they're in, uh, immunocompromised or they feel like they're at a higher risk and they just don't feel that safety. Um, you know, they were, an, they're an exemplary employee and maybe they were a fantastic fit a month ago, but now circumstances have changed and it's just, a, a, the comfort doesn't match. So how do you navigate that situation? Ultimately, I mean, I, I think it probably does lead to a separating of ways, but, but, but how do you personally navigate that situation? Well, you know, I think, I think this is the, like, there's, to me, the people that embody the values are the people that are your best examples of your culture. And sometimes during certain seasons, what the person was doing may not be what they can do anymore, but it doesn't mean that they aren't, they always are embodying the value. So can you put them in a different role? Can you, you know, create something where they can still contribute and maybe work on that together to figure out what it looks like? Um, I, I think that just, kind of beyond this, I think what's happening right now too, is there's a magnifying glass on every single organization right now. And you're like, we're really learning the organizations that actually live their values and walk their talk and that really care and the ones that don't. And I think even it's magnifying the culture because now you've got, you, you know, everyone was used to being in the same office. Now everyone's working kind of independently. You start to see where, where's the trust? Is it there? Is it not? Where are the breakdowns? Who are the people who are really embodying those values and carrying the team right now? Who's kind of checking out and not, you know, so I think on both ways, like people are learning whether the organization really cares about them or not. And I think as leaders, we're learning who on our team really embodies the values and the things that we believe in and maybe who doesn't. And it's just, it's interesting because I think, I don't know, I think on one hand, people are afraid to, even if you're in an organization where you don't feel you're being treated fairly right now, probably afraid to lose your, to leave your job because the future is so unknown. Will I be able to get another job? So I, I just, it'll be interesting to see what happens when this all settles. You know, I think that 
right now the decisions we make are either earning loyalty or destroying it for when this is over. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely fascinated by that because I, I can't say it necessarily exists in, in our company, but I can imagine scenarios where you've got this like, total A employee that under what we, what we recognize as normal circumstances before, we're just an absolute rock star and now things have changed and maybe they maybe they're a C employee now, a B or C employee now, I don't know. Um, and so as a, as a leader, as an owner, it's like, okay, if things do return back to normal, I know I've got that A star, but if they don't return back to normal, I'm living with this C guy and I can do better. Like how do you, do you just make the change based on this is the new normal? Do you play it out? Like, how, I, I'm just, like I said, I, yeah. I don't have this situation right now that I'm staring down, yeah. but I imagine it's relevant and it, and it could happen. So I'm just curious. Well, I think, and in general, what I say is you're, you want to try to f help people find their sweet spot. And so your, your sweet spot is the place where your motivation and your talent is aligned. And let's just take this case, okay? Let's say there's a person who was fully in their sweet spot. They were motivated their talent was there, they were on fire every day, so passionate. And then now because of what's happened, because of their con the condition, they can't do the job that they once loved. And you know, then it's a question of, can you find another place that's a sweet spot for that person? And if you can't, what, what, what I like to think about is, if you can't, then the person probably isn't fulfilled or, hap or happy because nobody wants to work where they don't feel like they're excited or motivated or, you know, being able to use their strengths. And so maybe you can't offer that person a position anymore in their sweet spot, but there's another organization that can. And I, I just, I think my message is always have the conversations together. We, we try, we think that we have to do all the decision-making, but if we sat down with someone and said, look, I know that things are different now. And let's see, is there a role for you here? Let's, let's look at what we've got and something that still makes you feel you know, 10 out of 10 every day. And then if there's not, how can I help you find the next step and find something that's going to make you feel really good and do that together? Cool. And I've got, I've got one last one. I think we're, we're running a little bit over time here, but I, I'm curious, like, um, you're right. It, we're, I, I, can, I can't speak for you. I just met you, but I know Colin and I have a tendency to run super late on some of these. We get a little long-winded, but uh, we, we talk about goal setting a lot. Um, and and working side by side with Colin is something that's kind of, you know, been super ingrained into me, especially on the business uh, standpoint. And especially when we get to a, a year end and a, a new year beginning. Uh, and so we hit the first quarter and you've got all these plans and how they're going to, how they're going to affect your whole year. You've got your keywords, you've got all this kind of stuff. And then something like this happens and you ball it all up and you throw it. How is, how has that affected you? And how do you reconcile the fact that we, we got maybe three months into this year and, everything probably got, you know, thrown out the window. Oh, well, it was, you know, we, we, we started this year with more clarity than we've ever had. We, it's like, we worked all 12 years for this year. Like we were ready to go. We had the best Q1 we've ever had. Huh. And then this happens, you know, and of course it was discouraging, of course. And, but I think our strength as a team is we don't live in the past. We live in the right now and we recognize we have to hit the reset button. We can't cling on to what was. We have to, we have to go into this new reality. The world before is not the world now. And I think that 
there's this misconception. Uh, my friend did a podcast the other day and I love what she said. She said, people still have money. They just don't have money for old problems. They, th they have money for new problems and the problems that exist right now. And so I think, and, and not that this is about money, but I think what this causes us to do is look to the past and say, are things that we were doing even relevant anymore? Like, are these things even solving the problems that people have? And then it's a question of well, what are the problems people have right now and how can we help solve those? And so we did a complete reset. We said, forget the goals we set for the year. We even, we even gave ourselves permission to let go of the paying debt off this year goal because it was stressful. Like we, first goal is we need to survive. We need to survive this quarter, be alive, be thriving, have everyone keep their jobs. How are we going to do that? What are the problems people have? Which ones are we, are we qualified to solve? And I just think that you got to be able to pivot and you got to be able to do it quickly and be willing to have those conversations and let go of what was. Chris, I love the way you said I just said, I love the way you said that too, giving yourself the permission to let go of that goal. I think it's a brilliant way to, to perceive it uh, because I think for some people, just the idea of not meeting a goal can be stressful, can be depressing. Uh, but when you're met with something like this, I, I like that, giving yourself the permission to let it go. Per permission to let go, permission to screw up, permission, <laughs> <laughs> permission to do whatever like, you want. Whatever you want, permission to do whatever. Yeah. You wrote the book. I mean, let's go. Um, so, I mean, like, what about on the goal standpoint? I mean, the alcohol goal, did that get thrown out the window too? Oh, no. No, okay. you're still <laughs> So, Colin's talking about, so I said, I set a personal goal every year. And I, I used to be the one that would set like 10 resolutions and then, you know, only accomplish one or maybe none. And so I've lately, I've moved to this new way of just one thing. What is the one thing I can focus on that I think would have the biggest impact on me personally? And last year it was, it was working out for at least 20 minutes every day. And that became a habit. And this year I decided my goal would be no alcohol. And actually I, the last time I drank was Thanksgiving. And, um, let me tell you that this pandemic has tested me. I mean, <laughs> trust me, have I wanted a glass? Let me show you something. That's okay? what I wanted Let me ask. show you what's I'm in like, my house. Like, did that go, okay. go out the window? Look what's in my house. I got bottles this big. Okay. This is nice wine. This is like, but I have not had a glass of wine or a sip of alcohol. I'll, I'll drink it for you if you need help. <laughs> <laughs> now my house is going to get robbed because people know. <laughs> no, but um, the, the reason I chose this goal is because I have led myself to believe that I don't have discipline. That, it, I don't know, it's just like a story I've told myself. And this has tested my discipline and I'm learning that I have it. Very good. That's awesome. Yeah. I love you so much. You're I love like, you so you much. You're the best. Um, this is this has been incredibly value filled. I know it's going to bring a ton of value to everybody's listening because I know that, especially here in Gainesville, there's so many businesses. I mean, one like I mean, we put this out everywhere. It's on iTunes. We know we got listeners all over the place, but obviously we very focus in here on hometown, right? And uh, I just know it's going to bring a ton of value to them. And so I'm super grateful for for your time, Kristen made. Thank you, <laughs> Kristen made signing off. No, but on a serious note, I really like, so the other side of my business is speaking and training and going yeah. to different organizations and helping, you know, people strengthen their cultures and build trust. And I feel like a huge part of my heart is just, it's dim because I can't do that right now. You know, I can't travel and do that, which is the work that I really love. And so if there's any way I can help Gainesville, you know, anything I can do to help for free, like just get in touch with me, Kristen at studentmade.com. If you're struggling with your team, if you want to talk through how to best navigate a meeting or how to best have a conversation, 
or even have me do something with your team. You know, I just, I'm here to help and I have the time and I, I would love nothing more than to help. We're in this together. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, I'll, I'll tell you guys that I attended the very first leadership retreat that Kristen did in December last year. And it was incredible. Um, I even got super vulnerable for me in those moments and, and learned a lot, learned a lot about myself, um, brought a lot of it back to the team. Like you heard Mike talking, you know, very, I've always been very goal focused, um, but it just kind of helped redefine a lot of that. And so I would tell anybody who's listening, as soon as these retreats are going again and everybody's, collecting together in groups again and we can all all be in spaces uh you know definitely definitely check it out because it's a worthwhile investment for sure um and and you know it's i I loved everything about it so i'm excited to see to see how it continues continues to grow and and help a lot of people um awesome well I mean, you told everybody where they can get a hold of you, but how about your company? Where can they buy a gift card? What is the best way to do that during this time? Um, how, how can our community support you? Yeah, so our website is studentmade.com. You can get in touch with us there. And then my website is kristenhadid.com. So either one. Awesome. So you guys definitely support Kristen and her company. She's got an incredible team. Uh, we've always had a really great, like not only personal relationship, but business relationship. We've done holiday parties together in the past, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, you know, so it's a, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I just love you. I love your company and love everything that you guys do for the community. So, so thank you so much. I love you too. And Mike, it was so nice to meet you and we have to end how yeah. I end every zoom, which is with a zoom hug. Okay. So to hug <laughs> okay. your computer. Okay. Zoom hug. Zoom hug. <laughs> uh, it can't any better, you guys. This is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast for you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Bye. Zoom hug for everybody. Bye.